And so, as always, before we continue to submerge into the study of God's wisdom, where the Lord has concealed the unsearchable inheritance for us together, we will read a place of Scripture, Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so for us, as the participants of the body of Christ, to share together with Christ all the things that are to be, to be fulfilled that are written about him in Scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit, looking at what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the final goal, the ultimate goal before rapture. This is our calling, and all that will ignore this calling, together with our vandalism and works will, with noise, be thrown into hell. As scary it may seem, how unfortunate it may seem, but for the most part, Christians don't want to hear this. God needs your fruit. He absolutely does not uh, have a need of how you use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's not impressed by evangelism or gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's impressed by the fruits of the Spirit. He's attracted to it. And so to fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three vital, charging, and fundamental acts to put off, be renewed, and put on. We've noted that it is specifically your decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether you transform into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath. More specifically, will the coming about, about of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it forever, which will result in our name being forever blotted out of the book of life, although they may have been written there at one time? In a specific format, we've already looked at the first two questions and have been studying the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we began the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. <clears throat> Relevant to the subject, we stopped to study the conditions consist consisting in the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit, with the right that He alone has, reveals the conditions based upon which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. 
in order to clothe ourselves into our new person. And this condition consists that in the circumstances of our hardship in life, when we are putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our heart, stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who God or who we are to God in Christ Jesus. We've noted that this story is one of the most powerful and voluminous uh, symbols where we see the collaboration of our renewed mind in the form of King David and the name of God Most High and also the confrontation of our renewed mind with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul together with reigning sin in the form of our old person with his deeds because it is by the means of the confession of the faith of our heart stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus and what God has done in Christ Jesus and who we are to him God receives the required basis to join the battle for our earthly bodies in order to shame the old person by the power of his redemption and forever cast him out into hell with noise. In character, the Psalm of David contains three parts where we see an example of the character of legitimate prayer. The first part identifies the condition or state of David's heart as a warrior in prayer. The condition of his heart was grounds for the legitimate status of his prayer. Second part reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer, which gave God the basis to deliver David from the hand of all of his enemies. The third part describes the prayer battle itself, which surpasses the comprehension of the human mind, as it is described in the format of an epic battle. In a specific format, we've already looked at the first part and stopped to study the second part, which reveals the consistency of the legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High, getting to know and confessing the power contained in the heart of David in the eight following names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, to be saved from his enemies, and for God discovering the truth, revealing the power of his names in the heart of David provided God proper grounds to use his abilities then consistent in these eight names to battle against the enemies of David. And so here are these eight names that are in his prayer. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my strength in whom I will trust. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is the horn of my salvation. And the Lord is my stronghold. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already looked at the lot of our inheritance in the power of God's name, strength, and have turned to look at our lot in the power of God's name, rock. That in inner consistency contains an unearthly form of hardness that is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is not something that can be comprehended by the abilities of the simple human mind. We note that this nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the existing names of God Most High is purposed to be 
the strategic teaching that is called to be the calling and mantle of a king, a priest, and a prophet anointed by the Holy Spirit to rule over their earthly body. And without this virtue of a king, priest, and prophet, it's not possible to enthrone within your body the stronghold of life. These three virtues need to be in every one of us. And if a person is not anointed to the kingdom to rule over his calling, rule over his body, in order to free his body from corruption, then this prayer will not benefit him. Therefore, the quality in Lexus identifying a rock in the sense of the characteristic of hard or hardness, quality of hardness that it has, that we will be studying, has no relation to the definition of the word as it exists in the dictionaries of the world. Since a rock in its quality of hardness is an identification and specification of the quality and nature of God exclusively. In scripture, the definition of the word rock relating to the natural quality of God most high is is illustrated in the following way. Hard is resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested or tried, rooted, well-established, immovable, constant, continual, fearless, unquenchable or undiminishing, unpenetrating for sin, free from sin and independent from sin, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here is the quality of a rock pertaining to the name of God Most High found in Scripture in these forms. Hard is stone, cliff, a span, a measuring wreath or a rod, heaviness, weight, and scales. This means a specific weight by which you can determine the price and worth of the weight individual or item as upon these scales only people are weighed and not something different. As it is written, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, Isaiah 40, 12 through 15, we're reading. This is uh, pretty much an allegoric, uh, in an allegoric format that it's written in the body of a person. There's mountains and hills and birds and dust. Every person, individual person, is its own universe. And so here it's talking about the fact that God measures a person in this in this way who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Mountains, as we know, are the promises of God, and hills are a covenant that you make with God. And he's saying, who has weighed these promises and these covenants? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. <clears throat> and so his children bear the weight that the entire earth and the universe combined uh, don't have. 
Therefore, the inherited lot contained in the power of the name of God, Rock, contains the ability of the Most High to judge, to measure, or weigh upon the scale of His godly justice all the made by Him creation in order to reward or punish each according to their results, what they did in their body, good or evil. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from Him. It's talking about Belshazzar, the... Uh, grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, the king. And this writing was written. <clears throat> this is the ins inscription, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Ufar, Sin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Paris, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Daniel 5, 24 through 28. In interesting language of God, uh, the angelic uh, language that God has given our spirit, one word can't uh, contain an entire uh, page of, say, even an information. And so the devil will never know this language. It's not possible, not for the devil and not for the human mind unless God gives specific people the ability to interpret what their spirit is saying inspired by the Holy Spirit. According to what we've learned here, to be clothed into the power of a rock of the Lord is to be clothed into the fear of the Lord that is in to His wisdom that comes from above, giving us the ability to judge or to weigh upon the scale plates of the Lord, first ourselves and then those people that we are responsible for. Deuteronomy 25.13-16 You shall not have in your bag differing weights, a heavy and a light. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure, that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who behave unrighteously, are an abomination to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 25.13-16 It's talking about such weights and such uh, measures, these are in the fourth realm. These are spiritual things that are being weighed. Scale or scale plates of the Lord pertaining to the name of God, Rock, is the absolute power and ability of the Most High, identified as His wisdom, to fairly judge or weigh all of the made by Him creation, so that each one weighed upon the, pla the plates or scale plates of the Lord receive their reward according to their results. Weights of the Most High are commandments and statutes of the Most high according to which he judges or weighs upon the scale plates of justice the made by him creation upon one plate he puts a person on the other plate his commands if a person is in accordance to this command or if he has somehow changed it or perverted it today a lot of Christians a lot of preachers pastors for, for the benefit of their own self or their flesh, they say we don't understand things like this. It's strange. You read them the Word of God and they say we don't understand it like that. When you come before God, He will judge you not uh, by what you understood, but what is written. I remember when I was in one Pentecostal service, I read the place of Scripture that fornicators, drunkards, idolaters will not inherit the kingdom of heaven and so forth. 
drunkards together with all the rest as I was reading they came to the pastor of the church and said we caught him he's a heretic this pastor told me the story and this uh, pastor asked these uh, members how was he a heretic he said that drunkards together with fornicators he compared those who drink together with those who commit fornicating commit for fornicating acts uh, but he said he did not interpret it like that that's what he read directly from the Bible and they said well we don't understand it like that though this very pastor drank also and he says I know it's sin yes I drink but when I heard them say this I became angry at their ignorance and so they said, well, we don't understand it like this. God will not judge you based upon what you understand, but what is written in his word. He, even these things were directly read. Drunkards are those who consume alcoholic beverages in any form. Not anyone who's just getting completely drunk, but fornicator is not someone who does the act uh, a little bit or a lot, but who does the act in general. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High, consisting in his name Rock, is to possess power to the right to judge yourself and judge those people that we carry responsibility for within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Or to weigh your words and actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High, as well as the words and actions of those people that we carry responsibility for. And to apprehend and be clothed into the unearthly uh, virtue of a rock, in the sense of the characteristic that it has as being very hard, contained in the name of God Most High, which satisfies our hunger and thirst, and gives us power over our calling, we came to the necessity to look at four classical questions. First, what in essence is the characteristic of a rock as it pertains to the power of the name of God Most High? What purpose is the characteristic of a rock called to fulfill in our prayer obtained by us in the power of the name of God Most High? What price do we need to pay in order to be clothed into the characteristic of a rock as the name of God Most High? And by what results do we judge that we are truly possessing the characteristic of a rock consisting in the name of God Most High? We've noted that all of the names of God discovered themselves in each other because they are dissolved in one the other, come one from the other. They demonstrate one the other, they empower one the other, and they identify the truthful nature of one the other. Therefore, in the given Psalm of David, the eight names of God Most High are presented in the form of a sequence where each succeeding name is a demonstration of the previous name or discovers itself in the following after itself name in a specific format we've already looked at the first two questions and have been studying the third question the price that we need to pay in order to have the right to clothe our spirit into the character of the rock of the Lord so that God would receive the legitimate basis to keep us in his perfect peace as it is written you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26, 3. 
according to this place of scripture, we see that if a person does not have this quality of God's name rock in his spirit, God has no basis to keep him in his perfect peace. <clears throat> this person will always be subject to all kinds of uh, difficulty and suffering. He can be attacked by all kinds of depression and viruses. In a specific format, we've already looked at the price of four conditions <clears throat> that when fulfilled are called to clothe our spirit into a rock of the Lord. Therefore, we will turn to look at the fifth condition. And the price of the fifth condition consists in implementing God's order into our calling or subject our calling to the structure of God by the means of righteous judgment. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every ma small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all the people will also go to their place in peace. Exodus 18.21-23 This is the uh, counsel that his father-in-law gave Moses. I will remind us that the legitimacy and ability to judge with a just judgment already itself identifies our spirit having the quality of a rock of God. First, each one of us is called to judge our, uh, themselves and those people that we are responsible for in accordance to the demands of the order that functions in the body of Christ in order to know <clears throat> within what boundaries we are called to submit ourselves to the word of authority. The wife needs to know in which, in what boundaries she needs to obey her husband. The church needs to know within what boundaries they are to obey the pastor. Children need to know the boundaries uh, within which they need to obey the parents. The scriptures say, in the Lord. If the parents begin to say something that is out of the Lord and uh, demand something that is not sober, pure, and just according to scripture, we're talking about Christian children, then they don't need to obey such parents. If the pastor begins to demand something that is not written in scripture and say, I understand it like this and will not confirm it according to scripture, how he understands, then you will not, you should not obey this. We obey every authority on earth only within the boundaries of scripture. We note that the raw quality of our spirit first consists in the fact that each one of us has specific things for which we are called to carry responsibility for and make decisions for. And if we will not do this and give the initiative to our neighbor, we not only will lose our sovereignty, but will also encourage our neighbor to break our sovereign boundaries. While looking at the qualities which are the price for the right to possess the virtue of a rock of God within your spirit so that you can rule over yourself in accordance to the demands that are implemented by God in scripture, we decided to look at the first phrase of the studied by us text. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such. According to this place of scripture, we yield four characteristics that we need to have so that our spirit could be clothed into a rock of the Most High, giving us the right to the power to rule over ourselves, as well as over those people that we carry responsibility for before God. This is first to be a 
an able man, have the fear of God, be a man of truth, and hate covetousness. In the previous services, we in a specific format already looked at the first two characteristics, giving us the right to the power to be clothed into a rock of the Most High, and stop to look at the third char characteristic, and this is to be a man of truth. To be a man of truth, or a fair man, is to stand guard of the code of righteousness, in accordance to which we are called to think, speak, and act, so that we can rule over ourselves and discipline ourselves with the bits of gentleness. Relevant to the subject, we turn to a place of scripture where ten components are presented by which we need to determine how much we correspond to the requirement of being a man of truth. This is so that we can allow God to clothe us into the inherent to him quality of a rock. First Thessalonians five fifteen through twenty four. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always. Here it's talking about a spiritual joy, not a physical one. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. And so now, ten elements do not render evil for evil to anyone. Always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things that are good to God. Hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. I shall remind us that the definition of being a man of truth is to stand guard of your dedication by the truth of continuous sanctification. For sanctification of what is being dedicated is separating the pure from impure and the holy from the unholy. By being vigilant in prayer, which will keep our heart from the entry of any kind of evil that may attempt to break into our heart. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14. 1 Peter 1, 14-16 As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am, I am holy. We already looked at eight requirements by which we need to examine ourselves to see if we are men of truth. And doing so, provide God the proper grounds to clothe our spirit into the quality of a rock so that we can successfully and diligently rule over ourselves and inherit and be satisfied with the multitude of his peace. The ninth requirement of being a man of truth when st uh, standing guard of your dedication to God by true sanctification so that you can rule over yourself is to hold fast what is good or to compare yourself with a form or example of good. Hold fast the pattern of sound word which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.13 We see here another place of scripture confirming that this is the truth. And there are many places like this. Only holding fast 
of a good example in the form of a person that possesses the power of, of a father of God, we will have the opportunity to compare ourselves with this example so that we can stand guard of our dedication by the path of separating the pure from impure and the holy from the unholy. It's not possible to hold fast what is good when you don't have in your heart an example of a healthy teaching that can be presented to us by a person that is clothed by the Holy Spirit into the power of a Father of God. We are called to imitate the person whom God has placed over us as He imitates Christ. For though you may have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. 1 Corinthians 4, 15-17. When Paul says, I have bore you, uh, he means come leave your sins he doesn't mean just coming and leaving your sins and and receiving salvation as an evangelist he calls but an evangelist does not know the teaching of Christ that came in the flesh he comes people calls people from the world to Christ but in order to present them to God you need the teaching but an evangelist doesn't have it only an apostle has it or a pastor Looking at this place of scripture, we need to consider two things. First, that instructors in Christ do not always possess the power of a father of God. Those that do possess the power of a father of God are always instructors. And second, we are not to imitate instructors, of which there may be thousands, but rather the person that is clothed into the power of a father of God. First, we need to imitate instructors, <coughs> not imitate instructors, of whom there may be thousands. Again, to hold fast what is good means have an example or image of good before you. Pursue the good steps or ways of faith. Persistently pursue the inheritance of a land. This is talking about our body. The inheritance of the land is our body. Persistently pursue it. Seek to obtain the favor or goodwill of God. Chase to obtain peace. Strive to be in accordance to the example of peace. Work hard to be in accordance to the example of peace. And keep good instructions. First, to hold fast what is good is to wait on the Lord and keep His way, which is opened to us by the preached word of our superior whom God has placed. Wait on the Lord and keep His ways. He shall exalt you to inherit the land which the wicked are <clears throat> when the wicked are cut off you shall see it Psalm 37 34 you see that the Bible is filled with these phrase to inherit the land and of course God did not mean the inheritance of the Canaanite land this was just an example or a symbol for us he meant that we can inherit our bodies the Canaanite land is a symbol of our body as in the Canaanite land there were the Canaanite uh, peoples that lived there uncircumcised in our body we have uncircumcised lusts, desires passions which we need to drive out of the body and cleanse the land <coughs> 
second, hold fast what is good is to hold firm the instruction and not let it go. Keep it because it is our life. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Keep her for she is your life. Proverbs 4.13. Here it's talking about uh, the uh, relationship between a father and a son. The father gives instruction to the son. Do not let it go for it is your life. In this instruction is our life. If we don't hold fast this instruction, we lose our life. We often rely upon our own mind. I understand it like this. But what is so wrong? Maybe if I allow myself to do just a little bit uh, of sin, just uh, bend away a little bit from the instruction, it's just as... When you're on a route and you're at a great speed, uh, you bend away just a little bit. Uh, when uh, you reach the end result or the end, your your target, you will have not reached the target, but you have, will be way off and astray from the main target that you had because you will go in the wrong direction. Third, to hold fast what is good is to walk in the way of the good, who follow the voice of good of a good pastor and hold to the path of righteousness. So you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the path of righteousness. Proverbs 2.20 God calls those good whose heart has a good soil. And a good soil can be in the heart when it is cleansed from dead works by the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ. And to consider that it's pure is only uh, possible when you collaborate. It's not that, Lord, purify my heart and suddenly it's purified. No, it's a process. This process is consisting of dying for the world, for your nation, your nationality. Die for your house, the house of your father, and also your destructive desires. This is what it means to cleanse your conscience from dead works. When God begins to examine his church, and he examines his church, you think as in Ukraine, what happened there in the Protestant church, 90% of it stood on the side of the Benderevs and began to call themselves Benderevs. God examined, and it turned out that their example is a Bendera instead of Christ. If here they, uh, God begins to test the churches here, people will stand on the side of Democrats or Republicans instead of the side of Christ. You see how many churches today are with the rainbows, uh, flags around uh, outside of their building. That means that they said they're tolerant. Anyone can come to us, lesbians and homosexuals. And even if you, uh, whatever you may be, God loves you. Where did they get the idea that God loves them just as they are? God never loved us just as we are. He loved us in Jesus Christ, pure and righteous. God loves the righteous and hates the lawless. Hates the lawless. God calls us righteous when we receive justification freely by His grace upon His conditions. 
Fourth, to hold fast what is good is to fight the good fight of faith, hold on to eternal life to which we are called in Christ Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 1 Timothy 6.12 Apostle Paul as a father tells another apostle who is a son and who obeys him. Apostle Paul is as as had the uh, position of a father or the delegation, and Timothy was one that was had the calling of a, of one who waters. And so, in order to do the work, he says, "Laid hold of eternal life." <clears throat> If you say joined uh, a military party and, and the church is not just some sort of organization, it is an army of Christ that has different ranks and has different levels, position, and there's uh, perfect subordination and military discipline. God wants to show that we not become weak. Fifth, to hold fast what is good is to run away from youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those that call upon the Lord with their pure heart. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. First, uh, Second Timothy 2.22 Timothy was a young man. And he's writing this to him. He's instructing him. He's uh, warning him. Although he has the status of an apostle, he was a young man. He was not a married man. And obviously, he has regular needs, sexual needs. <clears throat> he had the desire. And Apostle Paul tells him, Youthful lusts uh, flee from these lusts. How do you flee from them when it is living within your body and a person is burning sometimes and literally it's devouring him? You can flee into a stronghold, into the Lord. Only there does it become weak. When you bind the old person, you then rem uh, keep uh, the healthy need of a man but it's controlled by your will and you don't suffer from it same thing with women as well but if you have not bound your old person man or woman you will suffer you will seek reasons to justify and say Lord I can't I'm alive and you will fall into fornicating works and other sins and justify these acts that's why he says flee. Just as you see the face of a serpent, you flee from it. If you see that you like the forbidden fruit, run away from the forbidden fruit. Walk away from it. I remember I was a young man, and I literally uh, ran away. Literally. So that I not even meet. If I saw a woman, young woman, uh, coming to, to in my direction, I didn't even look in that direction and meditated rather about the Lord because I didn't know how to 
uh, I was not yet understanding how I can discipline my mind at the time, so I physically would just leave. It did help me, but definitely I learned that. Sixth, to hold fast what is good is to hold on to the way of God's statutes that are given to us by God by teaching and instructing us in the faith. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. You shall enlarge my heart, that's when my heart will begin to bear fruit. If you don't have the fruit of righteousness, then your heart is, if your heart is not bearing that, then in order to walk or to run the course of God's commandments, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. And in order for me to bear fruits of righteousness, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Seventh, to hold fast what is good is with a true heart, a full assurance of faith, having cleansed our heart by sprinkling from an evil conscience and washing our bodies with pure waters, we hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hebrews 10, 21 through 23. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 10, 21 through 23. Here it's talking about how we need to overcome and hold fast what is good. This is confessing without wavering. That that confession, that promise that we have, that God has given to us, to look at us, is at it in our thoughts, in what way we will be freed from corruption within our body. The old person may be bound. He does not have that power. He still passes his voice, but we easily handle it. But one who has not bound him, he suffers from this old person within his body. But when you begin to call the non-existent as existent, considering yourself dead to sin, living for God, this binds the old person because God, by our the words of our mouth that we confess, He binds the old person. This is not just written, consider yourself dead to sin, living for the Lord, living for God. Do not call uh, Sarai, Sarai anymore, or Abram, Abram but rather Sarah and Abraham. And although you may not have children, I will show you your children. Look at the sky, look at the heavens, look at the stars. Can you count the stars? This is how many children you will have. And then during the day, he brought him out to the beach and said, look at all of the sand. The sand, as much sand, uh, uh, sand, sand grains you see is how many children you will have. Please look at these children, see these promises. And when you will look at these promises and proclaim that they are yours, then God will take and at one point he will make 
these promises, your sons and your daughters. I often say that the heart of a Christian is a cemetery where God's promises are buried. Yeah, people say, yeah, it's written, but it doesn't work. They don't want to wait. They don't have any patience for it. They don't want to strongly confirm and uh, confess God's promises. Although it tarries, wait for it. It shall come. It's written. But clearly write up upon the tablets of your heart so that the reader can easily read it upon your heart. The tenth requirement of being a man of truth when standing guard of our dedication to God by true sanctification so that we can rule over ourselves is to abstain from every form of evil. Abstaining from all form of evil we in this way stand guard of our dedication by the truth of sanctification, separating the pure from the impure and holy from unholy, which provides God proper grounds to clothe our spirit into the rock of his name so that we can enter into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ and be satisfied with the multitude of his peace. In order to keep yourself from all nature of evil, it is necessary to have the ability to eat curds and honey in order to refuse the evil and choose the good, Isaiah 7.15. Otherwise, how can you keep yourself from evil if you can't differentiate good from evil? People of the flesh are carnal. People, people who fill the church, often fill the churches. Uh, they can't tell good from evil. They often call good evil and evil good. And so in order to hold on, hold fast what is good and abstain, keep yourself from all form of evil, you need to understand not just how to differentiate good from evil and how to deny or refuse the evil and choose the good. And to be able to do this, you need to be nourished by curds and honey. And curds and honey is given to those or by those people that are fathers of God. The milk, the curds and honey. This is the prophetic word. This is when God begins to reveal his word before us. And so to know how to refuse the evil and to choose the good, it is necessary to possess within your spirit a clear understanding of what is what in God's eyes is evil and what is good. Good is first of all all is first of all a genetic program of eternal life incarnated into the word of God whose carriers is our new person. At the same time, evil is first of all the genetical program of eternal death incarnated also into the word that comes out of the mouth of the devil, the carriers of which are is or is our old person. And so two people live within the body and are carriers of two opposite of each other programs. One carries the program of God, the program of good, the other carries the program of the devil. And the ful- uh, fulfiller or accomplisher of these of this w- the will of one or the other or they're confirmed or, or activated these programs by the mouth of a person that the person decides who uh, who they will demonstrate demonstrating God's mouth or demonstrating the mouth of the devil what program will you choose when a person says it doesn't work for me or doesn't work out what program are you confessing Lord I pray and pray and still I'm not free you're not thinking correctly and you're not praying correctly. The scriptures say, consider yourself dead to sin. Consider you died for the sin. 
Proclaim that you are righteous and look at those promises. Do not base anything from what you feel, but rather what you know. Faith is information that comes from God. Faith is not emotions. It is information. Faith is from hearing the word of God. For what program you will give the green light or with what uh, program you make a covenant with will become the master of our essence and will receive the power to push out the other program. Considering the covenant that we make with God or with the devil that presents himself as God is in the symbolic number of eight. I will bring forth eight definitions of good and evil, although there may be more of them. Good is, first of all, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Good is the goodness of God. Is everything that comes from God and is God. Is everything that is the truth making us free from sin. We're talking about what good is. Good is everything that is a priority over the secondary. There is a secondary thing that is not a sin, and there's a priority. If you begin to first do the secondary, this is not good, this is evil. You need to always differentiate the priority, the first from the secondary. Good is everything that uses the power of God for planting into the spirit, not planting into the flesh, but the spirit. Good is everything that does not level itself with God, does not become equal or consider itself equal to God. God needs to be higher. Good is everything that does not exalt itself above God. And good is everything that knows how to do good and does it. At the same time, evil is first of all a crafty counterfeit of the goodness of God. This is everything that does not come from God but represents itself as God, is everything that presents itself as the truth, but is not the truth. Evil is everything that replaces the primary with with the secondary. Evil is everything that uses the power of God for planting into the flesh. Evil is everything that levels itself with God. Evil is everything that, that does exalt itself above God, and evil is everything that knows how to do good and does not do it. The identifications of evil and identifications of good. And so according to the mentioned definitions, to abstain from all form of evil, in order to abstain from all form of evil, you need to uh, see the sins in the thoughts, words, and actions as something that is a mistake and not an intended sin. Who can understand his error? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Psalm 19, 12, 13. Who can understand his error? And it's not necessarily sin, but errors. It's when you... It's sometimes difficult to notice. You fulfill the commandments of God. And he says, who can understand his errors? When you somehow uh, or somewhere didn't finish something or, or breaking it somewhere, cleanse me from secret faults. Secret faults is that I myself don't know. It's not inside my heart, but it's something that uh, bothers me. You yourself don't understand 
you have communication with God, you have peace in your heart, and you don't understand all of it goes away, and you don't understand what happened, what what you did, um, how God will keep you or cleanse you from the secret faults. He needs to reveal so that you can see it, so you understand to be free of it. In my time, my time I also understand that not to drink much not uh, uh, I, I thought not to drink wine is you can drink just a little bit uh, brother said how's it in during communion uh, we can taste some wine and I uh, didn't taste it, but I knew in myself, as they had taught in our Pentecostal church I grew up in, that you can try it just a little bit. Uh, you could sip it, maybe a couple of, of, of gulps you could take. That's not becoming drunk. And so I had night pray, and I myself would periodically would have fast, uh, fasts. I would not sleep a whole night. I would just pray, uh, walk around, read read the Bible, meditate, and pray in tongues. And in order not to sleep, uh, to be vigilant, I would make a very strong tea, a very, very, very condensed tea. And I had a very small little bottle. About uh, we 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 bought it to. Uh, uh, to use it for other foods and so it came to my mind that we can drink at the time you could drink just a little bit and so I began to add uh, uh, a, a tablespoon of an alcoholic beverage into my tea and walk around praying and I cried before the Lord and it was and also at the time uh uh, there were friends that had sent me uh, a modern music that uh, uh, and so it was the songs that we sing here as uh, praise hymns uh, but they were all in, the st- in a rock style they were uh, and I would turn on this music that was uh, that was modern and I would sip this uh, tea and I would walk around and not understand what why God is what is in your way of communicating with me something continued to bother me and he showed me what you're doing right now is what's bothering me and what I heard I immediately understood before this the Lord said that everything that does not come from my wellspring is evil and when he said that this music is not from my wellspring I said okay I I I turned it to go reverse and 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 it pretty much erased the entire disc and and then about the alcohol, I wanted to understand, prove that I'm not, that I can't be drinking it at all. Prove according to scripture that I can't be drinking it at all. And he says, it's, and, and so he says, read how it's written. And I opened it. I never really paid attention. Uh, I read, do not be, be drunk with wine, from which is uh, dissipation. And so then I started uh, uh, trying to think of myself so drink a little wine from which is uh, 
And so then I started asking the Lord, what did you write here? You said, uh, from which dissipation. So you said not to drink much from which is dissipation, but that didn't make sense to me again. And so I had large dictionaries in my house, uh, and I opened them up not to be drunk with wine. And then it identified, not be satisfied by it in any way, not consume it. And examples, I uh, would be uh, satisfied with uh, the air, I was satisfied with other things that a person may be satisfied. There's also a definition, a third, do not drink much. There are, is also in, the, in there. But why we take the do not drink and do not be satisfied, not uh, satisfy yourself with wine. Uh, people take only that third definition. Um, I looked in the Greek word dissipation. Dissipation is a, uh, pretty much perversion in all aspects. People don't believe this, but this is the case. The devil, by this, enters and perverts a person. He can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's very important how you abstain from all form of evil so that the Lord clean us from this because there are many things that were given to us. We didn't read it ourselves, but th we were told in the churches that this is how you should understand it, and that's how I understood it, that you shouldn't drink much, but just a little bit. The church taught me this. And I remember during communion, uh, we were in the house of prayer, in the, and there was a... A uh, part, uh, a section, pretty much in the church. We just got married, and the owner of the prayer house uh, gave us uh, a little place there so that we can live for a little while. And I had a a bottle of wine there, and they would take it and then bring it back. After this, the deacon of the church came to me. With his, uh, with his daughter, who was the the uh, with the wife of the pastor, it was such good wine today. I need to buy more. And they said, "Why don't we just uh, pour a big glass and drink it up?" And I saw them do this, and I couldn't believe uh, that they did this in front of me. And then the deacon came to me, and I said, "Do you want?" good wine and he said uh, well he said no and I said well your uh, your wife was here and the deacon then my son-in-law came and he or my, my father-in-law came and uh, asked do you want and asked him do you want wine and he said no so the pastor wife's uh, the pastor the wives uh, of the pastor of the church drank. Two deacons were drank. And the pastor of the church said, let's uh, pretty much uh, expel them from the church. And so, again, uh, the person who had said to expel everyone from the church, he was not the pastor, actually. He was just a member of the church. And so when the deacon was passing away at the time, 
uh, a little while later, and everyone who was burying him, there are people there, and they were, uh, they drank for him. Uh, and I always wondered why he was so red in the face. He always had the very red face. Uh, imagine going to church all your life uh, and living your entire life, going to church, and then going to hell. Do not drink it. This is the... I didn't know this, and the Lord had revealed this to me. I poured it out, and I said, Lord, that's it. I poured it out, this glass. I understood. I will not drink any more of it, and I haven't since. I already knew, and I did not have any more in my mind that I can drink a little. I knew that I cannot drink it. And so I repeat myself, God will keep their, uh, his children uh, from errors and secret faults upon the condition that their ch the children will abstain themselves from all forms of evil. And so abstaining from or keeping back from evil is to put in the effort in battle with every form of evil, be strong against all nature of evil, demonstrate stature and valiance in battle against all nature of evil, overcome and conquer all nature of evil with, with all nature of good, not be spineless when it comes to all nature of evil, not give way to all nature of evil, not one inch, not be led astray by all nature of evil, and not discuss anything with all nature of evil. First, to keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is to put in the effort in battle and not follow your own personal desires or thoughts that come from our flesh. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent, the violent take it by force, Matthew 11, 12. And so if we will not put in the effort as uh, committing the members of our body uh, to be servants of righteousness. Our uh, coming to church will be in vain. We will perish. It's not just that the scriptures say abstain from all forms of evil. To keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is to be strong against all nature of evil. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. 2 Samuel 3.1 I just brought forth this example, as you see here, how to become strong. It takes time. We know that David is a symbol of the intelligent aspect of our new person and Saul is the symbol of the intelligent aspect of our soul and there was a battle our soul always battles with our spirit and our spirit against our soul and our mind says well I don't understand something but our conscience where the law of God is says no this is not right and there's a battle going on and when you uh, put in the effort to fulfill what is good and what is right uh, David will become stronger and the house of Saul will be weaker and weaker 
answer to keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is to demonstrate stature and valiance in battle against all nature of evil. Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil I have anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Also my arm shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. I will beat down his foes before his face, face and plague those who hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. Psalm 89, 19 through 24. And so to be valiant in battle, David physically was uh, very brave with his enemies. He understood, though, that it wasn't just these enemies, the, the those that were physical, but those enemies that were within. He was also... Uh, he also fought with those and when God sees that you're fighting and battling against them you remember when Christ was praying in the Gethsemane uh, mountain uh, and he was he was battling in prayer we need to either choose God's will or our own will Father if it he says it is not my will but your will and as soon as he agreed and acknowledged that it was God's will that was to be accomplished and not his own, then the angel came and uh, assisted him. When we agree to the will of God, and it is dif difficult, his sweat was like drops of blood, it says. He says, if it, if it uh, possible, this cup ta be taken from me, there have been times that evil came near to me and I was afraid of it and I was very afraid and I would say Lord is it possible somehow that it not happen uh, that it be without pain but then I understood and said Lord may it be your will it was painful it hurt but God gave the strength to overcome and when I overcame it then suddenly I experienced a very a, a fresh uh, uh, stream of energy and and new revelations. Fourth, to keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is to overcome and conquer all nature of evil with all nature of good. Romans 12, 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to the wrath. Uh, for it is, it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 19 through 21. These are enemies that we can communicate with and uh, that we can do good to. The devil is also an enemy. We will not do good for him. Uh, this is talking about... Uh, with the unclean and lawless also that previously were holy and converted themselves and left the church. It's also useless to do good to them because there will not be any benefit. They're more likely you'll become one of them if you will be friends with them. Do not communicate with such. Avoid such people. Here it's talking about enemies and the enemies of a man are his, are those of his household. 
uh, infants in Christ, people of the world, they're enemies also, but you do good for them. Uh, I paid attention that when you do the lawless one good, he absolutely doesn't, he thinks it's normal, he doesn't say thank you, he's not grateful at all. But if you do uh, it toward one of these kind, they are always grateful to you and thankful. We need to be considered, of course, and compassionate toward those that may be uh, still not fully grown spiritually. So it's a very different thing. And so if a person is drawn in their mind that you should be giving them $3,000 and you gave them only one or a different amount, then he uh, will get upset. Children also get upset at parents this way. Uh, the, par- the parent does something and they go away and uh, aren't happy. Why? Because they're expecting more. And so here it says when we do this good, we need to understand that we can do good towards some and not do good. We shouldn't do good for others. The devil and wicked and unclean people, we don't have the right to do any good. To keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is not to be spineless when it comes to all nature of evil. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Imagine they call heavenly bread manna, worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. The children that were born, of course, didn't understand the difference because they loved the bread that was given. That was the only bread, that that was the only food they knew. Uh, They did not know the taste of garlic or, or, or melons, and they were happy with the food that they were eating. And the Lord struck those in the wilderness, except for those that were 20 years and younger that were born in the wilderness. That doesn't mean that... Uh, until you're 20 he does not uh, count uh, your sins to you or doesn't see you as uh, your sins but rather this was their fruit of righteousness but those who fell in the wilderness is their old nature that fell God led them in the form of their fruit into the Canaanite land and the old nature fell in the wilderness is a symbol here, symbolically. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This is Numbers 21, 4 through 9. A bronze serpent, a serpent is a symbol of sin, and uh, God has uh, condemned sin or judged the sin in Jesus Christ. And the serpent is, is a symbol of Christ. And this bronze serpent, but when we look at it, we need to repent. We need to. God shows mercy to whom? The, the, the one who repents. And bronze is the ability to judge yourself. And so to not have. be spineless. At, and, and if there is something. 
that happens. And so the serpent, the sin, will bite us and we'll be dying from the sin. And what do we need to do? Then we need to confess our sins and uh, judge what the sin uh, according to Scripture. Six, to keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is not to give way to all nature of evil, not one inch. And this occurred because a false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into, into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Galatians 2, 4 through 5. Sometimes we... Uh, are led astray. Uh, can you do this for, just for their sake? Someone will ask. <clears throat> but Paul says we did not even give them an hour. We did not uh, that try to uh, implement the law uh, into the law of grace. Um, and Paul says we did not yield to this. You need to fight when they say I knew it, one person um, he was a missionary and he was sent from uh, New York from a Pentecostal church and he came to preach and he had great success and then he met those that were as of Seventh-day Adventists, such people and uh, and he convinced them to leave this uh, belief that of the seventh day. Uh, we'll have one service with you if upon one condition uh, during the communion we wash the feet of the others. And he uh, implemented this not as a commandment but as a uh, favor to them. And the church that sent him in New York found out about this and they actually expelled him from the church because he had implemented uh a false truth, as it were. And, and there was another missionary uh, also that I knew that uh, at the services that uh, he, he, was, uh, he was attending uh, also, they, wa they uh, washed the feet in the church and He was uh, spoke, given a prophecy. He was spoken a prophecy that because you had done these things, this sinful thing that you have implemented uh, the law instead of following God's God's will, uh, you will remain here, but your wife and children will leave leave this place, leave you, leave the church, and they did. And he ended up in prison. And so, these kinds of uh, actions may become very expensive. Seventh, to keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is not be led astray by all nature of evil. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Proverbs 1, 10 through 16. If they attempt to entice you, do not consent, do not follow after them. Of course, in the New Testament, Paul says, I speak this to your shame. Many of you do not know God. You know, he says, do you not know that, that corrupt company, corrupt good, evil company corrupts good habits. 
Oh, I'm just going fishing with them. Do not go fishing with them. Do not greet with them. Do not walk by and don't talk to them as if you don't know them. As one of our brothers did. One is greeting him. Hello. And, and he says, do I know you? They taught you there. How could you say this? He was saying. John says, uh, they were it with us, but they went out from us. And in this way, they've proven that they were not one of us. And if they're not one of us, do we, now, do we know them? Are we familiar with them? To keep back or abstain from all nature of evil is not discuss anything with all nature of evil and not communicate with evil company who are carriers of evil. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good, good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. We abstain from all for, uh, form of evil. And so the one... And so... Also, the Antichrist, he will not be able to reveal himself until the bride leaves. The time has come already to uh, to to reveal himself, but the church, the God Terry, he's, he's waiting. He's not taking the church. And so he then is not given the entire time of three and a half, three and a half years uh, that he was supposed to have ruled. He knows, but he can't reveal himself because the people... They possess power in themselves and a great uh, knowledge of the truth because he wants to be Christ. He wants to be the counterfeit Messiah and these will immediately uh, uh, identify him as what he is. Considering that our time is finished, I will stop on this today and we will continue to study the next condition uh, but right now we will bend our knees and our heads and we will pray and we will thank God for the word that we were able to receive today. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again and again, I bow before you in my spirit upon this blessed place which you have prepared and have guarded it so that your saints would be able to worship you upon this place, receive revelations, meet with you. We thank you for the new body that we have received by faith into our heart. We already in our heart carry the heavenly body and we wait for when in time you will accomplish your good work before you will take your church from this earth you will deliver our bodies from corruption from the old person who makes our body corrupt and mortal and our bodies 
will become heavenly and immortal. We thank you for this revelation, for this promise. We are already the carriers of it. We already proclaim, we state the non-existent as existent. We meditate about this. We look at these promises. We thank you for the fact that you have resurrected the promises of the last days, that you have revealed your heavens and have poured out the unsearchable inheritance that is yours upon us. You have allowed us to be satisfied with this inheritance, to meditate about it, to confess it, and to live according to this inheritance. May your mercy be blessed for your people, because without your mercy, we will not be able to do anything. But we have become obedient to your truth. And therefore you have shown your mercy and have opened up our mind to understand this great mystery. Thank you for our heavenly bodies. Thank you for this wonderful promise that is our guarantee to meet with you in heaven. Thank you that you have allowed us to see all of this. You have allowed us and given us the right to overcome. But if we even sin and fall, you give us the opportunity to rise and be restored in your strength. You do not deprive us of yourself. You restore us. We thank you for this goodness and this mercy. We glorify your great name, your great and awesome name before men. For you soon will reveal your glory in your sons and your daughters on this earth. We wait for this with great joy. And we thank you, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I will ask everyone to stand and we will proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power now and forever. Amen.